Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. So, um, we are recording some pre-roll that was not a part of the original episode that you're going to hear today. Sure wasn't. We were recording this weeks after what you're about to hear, so, you know, brace for that. Um, So, as some of you may have seen by now, hopefully most of you, we announced this week, or last week for you, that Of A Kind is closing up shop. We are going to continue to podcast. Head to ClaireAndErica.com and leave us your email to keep up with what we're going to be doing from here on out. Yeah. So, listen up and and try to forgive us for any, like, what feels like outsized enthusiasm on this episode because we weren't sad yet. (laughs) We're sad now. And I'm sure that we will share a deep dive into the emotional mess and journey journey and glory that has been um, this process of winding down the company that we started nine years ago. Thanks um, Thanks for listening. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. We get so many comments about how nobody can tell our voice apart on yeah. the podcast, and I was recently listening to a clip about it and fully thought that I was talking and it was you. It turned out it was you talking, and I we was- We don't sound that much the same in real life. Not at all. I wonder what it is. It's really strange. I mean- Or at like least to my ears, but I, we've never gotten that confusion in real life. No. It really yeah. took me by surprise. And like, I was like, sure, we must. I'm sure we do sound alike, but I could tell. But no, I really thought I was talking. It was you. <laughs> Which is great, because if I say something stupid now, I don't need to be embarrassed about it, because people might just think it was yeah, you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Perfect. Great. So. <laughs> great. <laughs> There was a historic meeting recently. Historic of world leaders (laughs) in their respective fields. We should have come up with a name for it. Something that rhymes with G8. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In this particular instance, um, my home played host to the meeting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which didn't cause any conflict. No. No. And the guest of honor was one... Ash Wednesday Adams. Ash Wednesday Adams. She rarely does house calls. Yeah. Um, she's only been to a few other homes mm-hmm. that are not her own. Mm-hmm. Um, largely because she can't be trusted not to pee everywhere. Because she's a bunny rabbit. Because she's a bunny rabbit. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm not lugging her litter box to other people's houses. Mm-hmm. So we have to rely on a stack of newspaper yeah. and a lot of trust. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, she came to my home to meet Cameron. Yes. My son. And the thing about Cam that is 
One of the many things about Cam that I've been finding so interesting is how much he loves animals. Loves. And he came to this like entirely on his own. You and Chris both like animals fine. That's right. But the no special affinity. No. But this child's face <laughs> lights up as if like from within. Yes. When he sees a furry creature. Loves. Loses his freaking mind about like animals. The eye, like he looks at the animal. And then looks at you and the eyes say, can you even believe this is happening right That's now? That's right. To me at my house. Um, and I've witnessed him do this with yeah. other like animals. Yeah. For sure. Loves it. And it's similar but turned down a couple notches when you present him with a stuffed animal. Yeah. But and it is a very it is a very similar yeah. like vibe. And like his sort of universal love language is normally to just put his like sh- put his face in things yeah. and put like his mouth on it. Yeah. And that's like he will do that to humans. He will do yeah. it to stuffed animals and to real animals. But he is growing up. And so he's gotten to a sort of more nuanced place with that, which is what he rests his cheek on things, which is very sweet. It's very sweet. It is really – it is incredible. And we were all so fortunate to witness that was Cam's reaction to Ash Wednesday Adams. Oh, my gosh. And Ash – I, I would not say that she likes people. Like, in general, I wouldn't. She's like… She's not a people bunny. No, she's not a people bunny. Um, But she weirdly, for as, like, picky a bitch as she is, mm-hmm. and she is quite picky. Yeah. Like, do not give her three-day-old parsley. She yeah. will, like… She'll sit around and wait for you to give her something better mm-hmm. because she can. You yep. know, like, why… She's not settling. She right. doesn't settle. She, she lives in Brooklyn. She can get whatever like, she wants. Yeah. She doesn't take shit from anybody. As much as she doesn't like people, she sort of likes kids, yeah. which is interesting. So she's a she's a kid bunny, not a people yeah. bunny. Yeah. Um, and Cam, you know, he has no sense of, like, he's a small child. Mm-hmm. He has no sense of how a bunny, what a bunny is. He's never seen one before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was roughhousing with her yeah. a bit. And she was super cool with it. One of um, his favorite things is pulling hair. Yeah. That's like a favorite pastime for him. And so he does that with animals and he yeah. really pulled her. Fur. Yeah. He really grabbed at it. And she didn't care. No, she was fine with she it. it she doesn't shocking. get upset. She does not get skittish. If she were that nice, like in general, <laughs> like what a blessing that would be. She's not. Well, but that is her show. But I have been congratulating her all week oh, and being like, so you, nice. you were such a nice bunny. <laughs> you were so such a nice girl to him. Yeah. She, um, she really was. She even let him eat some of her parsley, which, um, you know, before she emerged from her carrier, the the thing that captivated Cam was the pile of parsley. Oh, 100%. And, and like even after, to be honest, yeah. he was like a, as interested he in the parsley. He was really excited about it. He threw up at some point during their meeting <laughs> and it was unclear if it was because he had just come from a trampoline park <laughs> and he's eight months old. If it was because he was choking on a piece of parsley or because he was just so freaking excited about the bunny. TBD. We haven't gotten an official diagnosis yet. Um, but he um, he did eat some of her parsley and she seemed fine with it. She was. She was super fine with it. Yeah. Um, super, super fine with it. And she got pretty comfortable. I mean, she peed, you know? Yeah. So She was yeah. very at home in that way. And yeah, yeah he, he gave her his signature move, which is to bend down and rest his head on oh top of God, her. It was, was really sweet. And Erica, um, Erica, you can be really critical of your photography skills, but you sure did capture that moment. Thank you. Thank um, you. And yeah, he. we all loved it. Cam wore his bunny pajamas for the occasion. It's sort of like wearing uh, the band's t-shirt to the concert. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a little bit on, on the nose. nose. Yeah. But he's young enough that he can get by. Thomas was also present for this and it was 
Thomas oh. is present for all of Ash's big life events. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas has the most signature Thomas Let's hear it. question. It was just like very Thomas of him. He was like, so the bunny on um, Cam's pajamas. pajamas was the type of bunny where the ears stick straight up. Mm-hmm. And Ash is not that type She's of bunny. She's a lot bunny. Yeah. And Thomas was like, do you think he's going to be confused because the only bunny he knows is the one on his pajamas and the ears are different. And I was like, no, I, I don't think so. No, I don't <laughs> think he's it was, it was the most them. sort of specific observation one could yeah. make. And yeah. it was very Thomas in that yeah. way. Yeah, in the way that Thomas would be like, did you move that painting? Right. Was yes, that pa- wasn't that painting on the other yes. side of that ledge before? And you're mm-hmm. like, okay. Right. Um, <laughs> so at any rate, if you'd like to witness what this looked like, it visit Erica's Instagram. Yeah. I probably Erica won't Sorolo. have posted anything new on my <laughs> on my on my grid since then. It'll probably be the first thing. Yeah. Perhaps. I imagine. So this is a listener mailbag episode. Yeah. So we solicited some questions, lots of like, what do you want to hear about? Mm-hmm. What do you want us to talk about? What kind of guest do you want? Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of non-specific questions or a lot of like more talk of snacks, mm-hmm. which I promise you, we will keep the snack content coming. We will yeah. never hold hold out on you there. Yeah. No. I mean, we. who knows? Maybe one day we'll have a snacks only podcast. Oh my gosh. A spinoff. Ugh, 100%. Yeah. Um, um, someone asked about my postpartum sex life. Yeah. And just for the record, to just save your breath for the next time we solicit questions, that's actually where I draw the line. <laughs> so if you were wondering, I do share a lot. I overshare. I've talked about my vagina to the extent that I am peeing myself well, all the time. To the extent that it relates to you. Yeah. That's right, actually. Yeah. That is where – when it comes into my husband and his interactions with my vagina, that's a different story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a fair line line <laughs> to draw. So just save your breath next time. That's – yeah. Uh, we're not going to answer that one. Hilarious. Okay. So a few questions we are going to answer. Mm-hmm. Number one, book recs and recent reads. Yeah. Easy one. Easy. We got this. Well, because we both read the same book for once in our life. So rare. We didn't yeah. even know it was happening. No, we didn't. We Until did we were both all. halfway through, at which yeah. point we both had to just keep to, plowing yeah, forward, right. even though only one of us was going to put it in 10 things. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's called American Spy. It was excellent. It's I by loved Lauren it. Wilkinson. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. It's about a woman, a black woman in the 80s who is an FBI agent who gets recruited for like a CIA mission. Mm-hmm. Um and um, it's sort of, it's like told in a very nonlinear way. I keep getting it confused. Does she not start out in the CIA and then gets recruited for the FBI? I don't no, know opposite. the difference. Okay. Yeah, opposite. Right. Um, My, the only part of that that I remember is that they refer to the FBI agents as the Phoebes, which I really liked. Oh, that is good. Yeah, as the lingo. Um, I missed that. Um, yeah, and so it's told in a very nonlinear way where you're sort of trying to piece together what has happened and who's involved and like who the like how the players are kind of connected. And it's written as a letter to her sons, yes. um, which gives an opportunity for it to be very sort of cerebral and share lots of like wisdom and um, reflection. Reflection, yes, yeah. in a way that just makes it a lot richer. Yeah, um, loved it. I it's so funny because I have never been into spy novels. Yeah, I've always thought of it as a sort of like not like dorky, but yeah, like a sort of like nerd thing. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. And not that you don't consider yourself a nerd about other things. Exactly. But just, but just like not yeah. my vibe. Um, and I remember recently discovering something I didn't know about Lizzie Fortunato, which is that she's super into spy novels, like John Le Carre, like yeah. the classics. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, that's so funny. And then it did make me revisit. I was like, what wouldn't I like about a spy novel? Because I love a thriller and I love suspense and like maybe I should get into it. And then all of a the sudden there have been all of these new, um, like, women-written spy novels. Yep. And there's also a spy memoir coming out about this woman who's sort of 
well known for being, I think, maybe like the youngest CIA agent um, recruited ever. And then there's also, I just read, oh, it was in the New York Magfall preview. There's another big spy novel coming out. And this is like a terrible way of talking about because I can't remember the name of the author or the book, but it's like the next big, big fall book release. For fall. Big fall release. If you see a big fall release spy novel, that's probably the one Claire's talking Written about. Written by a woman. Written <laughs> by a yeah. woman. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. Have you, you as as the resident voracious reader, what else have you loved lately? Uh, um, well, first I want to say that you've been reading a lot, especially considering you don't have much time. Well, I, I because would say. it's how I've been falling asleep. But the problem is it takes me so long to yeah. finish a book because I get tired the second I start reading yeah, and fall fair. asleep. That's fair. But, yeah. Um, I just finished last night, stayed up too late reading Permanent Record, mm, um, the wait. new Mary H.K. Choi book. It was wonderful. And in different ways than her first book, Emergency Contact, was, which, you know, even better. So basically, the premise of the book is that there's a, a kid who works at, he has dropped out of NYU after like a semester, and he works at a bodega in Brooklyn. And one night, he's working the night shift, this pop star um, walks in who's like sort of like combo Demi Lovato, Taylor Swift, and Ariana Grande. That's from Mary. That, that Those were the combinations. Interesting, because when I read the book jacket, I was like, this feels very Ariana Grande yeah. and a sort. Obviously, Pete Davidson is not a college dropout who worked no, at a bodega, but, but yeah. it felt like that was the yeah, matchup. Yeah, 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 totally. She walks in. It takes him a couple minutes to, like, figure out that it, it takes him, like, p- half a com- – like, a, a, the better part of a conversation to figure out it's her. They have this, like, banter and a relationship sparks okay. from there. And there are, like, there's so many things that I really enjoyed about it. The character development's just really good on, like, all fronts. They're, um, so he's half Korean, half Pakistani. Um, She's Mexican but sort of presents as white or, like, passes as white. Um, And so there are really interesting things, like, happening there. There are, like, parents and adults in their life are uh, compelling. There are really good conversations between dudes, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I know the Bechdel test is like a very obvious and important thing, but I was like, wow, these are two like 20 something men having a real conversation about their futures and their lives and their goals um, and like real talking each other and being like, what you're doing right now isn't productive. In a way, I was like, this is great. Like more of this presentation of masculinity, which tends to like not present masculine relationships tend not to present as like emotional a hundred percent about sharing emotions a hundred percent um what else did I love about it there's a lot of conversation and references to snacks Mm. um tons of it's it's very very rich in snack content um and then also importantly the banter between Pob the guy and Lee the girl is excellent um and just feels like where you're like oh I see like I know what's happening here um I get it I'm um, so excited yeah. for this book. I told you I think I'm going to save it for like a specific weekend where I know I can just like cozy up and it can be my pal all weekend. Um, Highly recommend. Her first book, Emergency Contact, was so wonderful. And she's also just a great, great, great writer. Yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to our podcast episode yeah. with her, um, with Mary H.K. Shoy, you really should. It's She's, she's astoundingly wise. Astoundingly wise, articulate. articulate. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Um, the other book I have permanent record and she said on my nightstand, she said is the story of the Jody Cantor, Megan Toohey, Harvey Weinstein story. Oh so my gosh. Jody Cantor, Megan Toohey or who wrote, who wrote the article that broke yeah. the Harvey Weinstein story. And according to the reviews, it is just an incredible, important work and reveals a lot that you don't know. And, 
And also just like about reporting and how like these big stories come together and how the news works. I'm just, I know that I'm not alone and this probably belongs in an episode of things we can't put in 10 things, but I am just such a huge fangirl of those two. And, you know, obviously it helps that they're work wives and they're an incredible example of work wives. But it's just amazing to me to see the way one single story that they worked on just completely changed the world we yeah. live in. Completely. It's, it's incredible. And I'm just, I'm such a fan. So very excited about both of those books. Um, The other one that I read that I feel like I've been recommending to a lot of people is Maybe You Should Talk to mm-hmm. Someone by Lori Gottlieb. Um, So the premise of the book is that Lori Gottlieb is a therapist who goes through a really bad and sort of surprising breakup um, and decides to start talking to someone about that experience and kind of getting at the root of what's so upsetting to her about it. Obviously, a lot of other things like are surfaced in those conversations. So it follows her relationship with her therapist and then her relationships with, I think, three, maybe four of her patients. And it's really fascinating and interesting and emotional. Um, I definitely like plain cried Mm -hmm. reading it. But yeah, it just like makes you think about a lot of things and like it in a not cheesy way. Yeah. Yeah. We are so excited about today's advertiser, Sakara. Erica and I have both been patronizing this company way before they ever became a podcast advertiser. We all know we have those weeks where we want to be really healthy, but preparing a healthy meal for lunch, dinner, breakfast can be really time consuming. So Sakara makes organic, ready to eat meals with nutritious and delicious plant-based ingredients that are designed to help you look and feel like your best self. These meal programs are delivered right to your door, ready to eat anywhere in the U.S., I have done this many times. Like if I just feel like I'm not going to have it in me to make healthy lunches one week, if I just feel like I need a little bit of a reset in my diet because I've been feeling like I haven't been doing my best self in that area, I am particularly obsessed with the warming miso noodle soup. It is extremely craveable. I would love to have the recipe in my arsenal. It is wonderful. Something on one of their recent menus that I was particularly psyched about for breakfast was the roasted grape tartlet, which sounds so much more elegant than anything I think any of us are currently eating for breakfast. Their meals are specifically designed to enhance your energy, improve digestion, and help with health. And the menu of chef-crafted dishes changes weekly, so you'll never get bored. And right now, guess what? Sakara is offering our listeners $60 off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash a few things. That's Sakara. S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash a few things to get $60 off your first order. Sakara dot com slash a few things. Okay, another question we got. All things motherhood. All things. <laughs> all things. Especially pumping, working, and momming. Yeah, there were a lot. That of, is all the things. Yeah, that is all the things. Also got several questions of like top, five things you were glad you had, you didn't know you needed in top five things that turned out you didn't actually need or like, what are the things? Buzzfeed headlines. Yeah. That, that sort of like, what do you need and what do you not need? So I'll start there. It's not exciting at all unless you're like pregnant right now. The one that's, yeah, maybe. So the one thing that I was really just didn't think about and was really happy to have was this, it's called, it's like the, and this is if you are breastfeeding, the Medela like breast pump starter kit. Because at some point you're in the midst of newborn madness and for whatever reason it's time to start pumping. And it turns out you need so much crap. And God bless Alicia Menendez who 
did not need to buy me a baby gift, period. And I didn't even realize she had until I fished this thing out of the closet. Had She had bought me this thing off my registry, which is one of those like incredibly boring gifts, but also real ones know. Like she's a mom. She knew. She was like, you're going to want this. And I remember ripping the gift note off the box. It had been taped to the box and just like in that moment wanting to cry and just being like, God, women are so wonderful. Like you are such a kind, wonderful person, Alicia. And it was like all the things I needed to get started pumping. Um, I was so happy to have it. Had I in that moment needed to like go out myself or send someone else out to get all the things needed to start. Oh, you would have like doing sharpened it. your knife. Oh my like, God. <laughs> I would have been so upset. I was so thrilled to have everything I needed in the closet already. Obviously this is separate from the breast pump. It's like all the things you need. What to... are the things you need? So, oh, gosh. So the breast pump is like the motor itself, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's the engine. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then what you need are the, um, like all of the storage elements and the, Erica, I don't even know exactly what's in the kit. It's also yeah. boring, but it's like all it's the the cleaning element, the elements to clean it, the elements to store it. What are the, the things that actually go on your nipples? Called? So that I'm gonna that's a separate thing that okay. comes with the breast pump, but I want to talk about that okay. because so those are the breast pump parts. Um they're so, called pump parts. They're called pump parts. Yeah. Um, okay. So and the one thing that I didn't know I needed and that it took me way too long to figure out is multiple sets of breast pump parts. Yeah. So the breast pump parts are the things that go on your nipples attached to the bottle. Yeah. Um, and they are – the breast pump doesn't work without right, it. Right, right, right. And the breast pump will come with one set of those. And it took me way too long to realize that if I had two to three sets of them, I wouldn't have to wash the set every single yeah, time yeah, yeah, I yeah, used yeah. it. Which just – Duh, but duh, like just also – have multiple breast pump parts. And the other thing I didn't realize I have and that didn't come in this like Medela starter kit was a, a pumping bra, like a hands-free bra. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to hold the pieces to your boobs, which is crazy. You just yeah. need a hands-free pumping bra. And this is the most boring stuff. And I refused to learn about breast pumping before you were doing before it. Before I was doing it, in large part because when we went to Bye Bye Baby and we had somebody walk us through what we needed to register for, that was the thing that made me start crying. I was so overwhelmed yeah. by it. And I was like, this is too much. I don't want to do it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So, well, it's yeah. a large category of like things to have to understand. And, and it just feels like an like another hard thing when you're already in the place where you're like, but first I have to push out a baby and Yes. Then and then I have to understand like what a filter is and what the like suction it just felt and like you just remind yourself that so many women who are not as smart as you have done this before so you're going to figure out how yeah. to do it but it does seem like yeah yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah how could I possibly figure this out um okay so with the breast pump parts mm -hmm. do they come in different like I, I'm yeah gauges or yes, like what they are do they called? what's that called so the shield that's called the breast shield okay um, I'm amazed that I could remember that and they usually and there's a sort of standard and that's usually 24 inch and they tell you to you know if you're if too much of your nipple is getting sucked into the suction thing, you probably need a smaller one. And okay. if it hurts too much, you probably need a bigger one. Because I know that there are people who are basically like, I couldn't like pumping didn't work yeah. for me until I like yes. did the, until I switched this yes. thing. And then like holy shit, it made all the difference in the world. And I think Medela makes 21, 22, 24, okay. 28 inch. I will say, I don't know if I, I don't know how much we've talked about breast pumping on this podcast, but I if if you want to splurge on a nice Medela, a nice breast pump. Medela sent me their Sonata and it is a um, dream. A dream. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice one and it feels worth it. And so I have two breast pumps. I have one at the office and then one at home also feels necessary and like a worthwhile investment. Um, I am, to answer the question of all things motherhood and pumping, 
I am very surprised to tell you that Cam is almost nine months and I'm still pumping and I really didn't you expect really, to be. You really, you for a long time were like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get to six months and see yeah. how I feel about that as like a. And if I don't make it to six months, I'm not going to beat no, myself up. But like, that's like yeah. where I'm like kind of mentally yeah. like working toward and like, yeah. Yeah. Loosely. And, um, so here's the thing. I, turns out I really like breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, like I like the bonding experience of it. I kind of fascinated with how like animal it is. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's just like so crazy to me that he eats out of me. He drinks yeah, yeah, out of me in that yeah. way. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So I really like it. And so the reason I'm still pumping is because in order to continue breastfeeding, you need to pump when you're not with the baby yeah. so that you can keep up your supply. And it's funny. So I Instagram it occasionally when I'm pumping at work and I get a lot of responses a lot of them that are like, you're such a warrior and like, this is so incredible what you're doing for your baby. And the truth is that it's totally selfish. Like, I, I think Cam loves the bottle and yeah. I think he would probably be perfectly happy with a bottle. And I think, you know, formula has a lot of benefits too. And I'm doing it because I like breastfeeding and probably I'm also just like not ready to like give it up, you know, and give up that thing that is exclusive to the two of us that he can't have with anybody else. Yeah. And when I Instagram pictures of myself doing it, sometimes I feel a little guilty because, or I feel concerned because I don't want to make anyone else who has stopped breastfeeding or who just never breastfed. Yeah, I don't want them. Doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to make them feel guilty. Like, look, she's still doing it and I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, I yeah. don't or whatever. Because this is not a fucking competition. Yeah. And because frankly, I'm not doing it because I think it's the superior choice. And you're not like, even doing it to be like, this is, I'm doing this for my baby. Right. Like I'm doing it for me. Yeah. It's great. Like he is getting wonderful nutrition from yeah, the breast yeah, yeah, milk. Of I also, no, he hangs out every day with a kid who's never had breast milk and who's like the most friggin' athletic nine month old I've ever encountered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kid's fine. And the reason that I Instagram it is also selfish. And it's because I'm like honestly kind of uncomfortable and embarrassed doing it in public. Like I, and I don't really do it in public, yeah. but I'm not totally comfortable being out there with it. Yeah. And I know as someone who's like in, who works in the visual world that the more you see something, the more comfortable you become with it. And it's like bushy eyebrows. It's (laughs) when people started doing bushy eyebrows, everybody was like, what's happening? And it's like ugly sneakers. And it's like, the more you see it, you see it, you see it, you see it. And you're like, I like that now. Or like, that's totally comfortable and normal. Your aesthetic develops around these things. Well, that's interesting because I was, I will say that when you started breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. I was a little surprised that you weren't more comfortable yeah. like being like even in meetings yeah. just like having a pump on or whatever. Yeah. And you encouraged me to. You yeah. were like you could just it's like fine. Put it, yeah. Especially like I don't know you're like yeah. these one on one meetings with people that you've yeah. worked with for four years yeah. or whatever. I was so shocked the first time I hooked myself up to a breast pump even though I'd seen friends do it occasionally. I hadn't seen it. A t- it's just not something I'd seen yeah. a lot of. Like I, I, I'd seen one or two friends do it once or twice and I wasn't intimately familiar with how it worked and I hooked myself up to it the first time and I was like whoa, this is like actually like a cow and this is so weird and so like unappealing. And so I haven't been comfortable with doing it in meetings. And I, and I remember also reading a, an interview with a CEO who said, who works at a company that's all women. And she was, she said, she was like, yeah, people breast pump in our, in the middle of meetings at our company. And I was like jealous and also like suspicious. And like, I was just like, why can't I, if that's like so normal there? And so I think this, 
has been my small way of being like the more people see it, the more we will all become comfortable with it. And maybe like it's And you can encourage yourself yeah, to be a exactly. little more comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that is why I Instagram pictures myself doing it. This also speaks to how I really loved when Rachel McAdams did that photo shoot for yeah. Girls, Girls, Girls magazine where she's like strapped up to like a chromat bra. I mean, it might not even be. It's a chromat-like bra. And yeah. she has a breast pump on because I do think it's just not an image that people are familiar with, but like ugly sneakers and bushy eyebrows, the more we see it, the more we will become comfortable with it. And the more we'll all want to walk around wearing breast pumps. That's right. And that's the goal. I hope so. Um, That's kind of it. My two other things that have been like surprising discoveries are, you know how everybody says to have a toiletry bag packed at all times because like, God forbid, you have to like repack that every time. I subscribe to that, but it is even more important for your baby to because that's a really annoying thing to pack. So I just very early on, because we were traveling for book stuff, bought two of everything that he would need to travel with. It's like a thermometer, a nose snot sucker, all that Vaseline, stuff. Vaseline, whatever. Yes. Yeah. And that has been a lifesaver to have that ready to go. And then board books. I just cannot believe how important they are because you can't read an eight-month-old a book without him tearing the pages. And yeah. it's, again, one of those, like, boring things that, like, We're like, all well, the they've other invented moms- these yeah. for a reason. Like, it's right. sort of obvious. All but- the other moms know, but it's like, I'm probably not going to touch a non-board book for the next four months of my life because I can't read it. I can't yeah. read it to him. It feels terrible to pull a book away from your baby. Like, I want him to interact with it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm Even a- if that means putting it in his mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. I'm like, so there are two, well, so there's these ones that are called indestructibles that actually aren't board books, but they're made, I think, of Tyvek. Yeah. So they just can't rip them. So yeah. that's a nice thing for travel because it's really light and you don't have to carry like a huge, oh, yeah. heavy board yeah. book. Um, my favorite series of board books are the Sandra Boynton board books, which again, like, so this should be a things I can't put in 10 things. Every parent probably knows them, but um, she has a thing for hippos and there's one called Hippos Go Berserk about hippos having a house party. And then um, there's one that's Oons, called, the, yeah, exactly. Um, I know that one by heart. And there's a belly button book that's about hippos belly buttons. It's all very charming. It's a charming like affair. That. Yeah. So those are, the, those are the random things I have to say about motherhood. The things I have to say about motherhood, mm-hmm. um, Someone asked about my rabbit. (laughs) Multiple people asked about Ash, actually. I've talked about Ash some on the podcast. I would like to reiterate that rabbits make wonderful apartment pets. Mm -hmm. They can be trained to use a litter box. It's not very hard. They don't necessarily always poop in their litter boxes, but you can just vacuum up their Right. I was going to say their poop is like like like, a little pebble. It's like a pebble of compressed hay. It's just not really very interesting. They eat hay. They eat, like, these pellets that are compressed hay. Everything. There's a lot of, like, it's a lot of hay and hay They're easy to feed. Yeah. And then they eat your, like, vegetable scraps, um, but not things that are rotted, so you can't treat them like a garbage disposal. Um, (laughs) Which is 100% what I would do. I used to give you my kale scraps for my smoothies and be like, just feed these. Well, I will say that Ash is the pickiest of anybody I've had, and she will not, like, she has absolutely no taste for uh, anything that even, like, is, is like a shade brown or like, you know, it's like turning. Okay. Um, like things that we have to be like, bitch, I'm eating this for dinner. Right. Like you too <laughs> you can. can like have this cabbage. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I will say is challenging about rabbits is that they are delicate little things and um, they are prey animals, which means that when they get sick, they hide their symptoms really well mm-hmm. because they don't want any of the predators, i.e. the people who live with them, I guess, (laughs) to know that they're not feeling well. So if they are like acting sick, you have to sort of like get on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of vets, at least 
the vets I've encountered in New York are used to dealing with basically mostly dogs mm-hmm. um, and some cats and aren't used to seeing rabbits. So <sighs> Ash, quite embarrassingly, goes to… There's nothing embarrassing about this. Um, goes to an exclusive vet. I would say it's one of Ash's best qualities. Yeah. It, she goes to a vet called Catnip and Carrots in like <laughs> on, on off the Jericho Turnpike um, in Long Island. They have an Instagram account? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a hashtag. Mm-hmm. Um, and they see only rabbits and cats and I suppose like guinea pigs, mm-hmm. uh, guinea pigs are represented on their Instagram. Um, they really know what they're doing when it comes to bunnies. Cause they see a lot of them and pretty much all the vets and people who work there have rabbits. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of like, Oh, when my rabbit had this thing or like whatever, because most of the time if you go to a normal, uh, non-rabbit vet, they'll basically be like, well, we have one of two things we can give. This is the right. pain medicine. And this is what helps that like helps their digestion. And that's kind of it. I already trusted because you are you that you had found the best possible vet in the tri-state area Thank for you. your bunny. But when you told me that Amy Sedaris follows them on Instagram, I was like, oh, this is the bunny spot. Yeah. Like I can't, spot. I can't tell you for sure that Amy Sedaris's rabbit Tina goes to catnip and carrots, but I can tell you for sure that Amy Sedaris likes pretty much everything catnip and carrots has ever posted <laughs> on the internet. And that's got to be enough. Yeah, no, that's enough for me. Even if she takes it somewhere else. Like maybe Amy Sedaris has a vet that makes house calls. I don't know. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. But like she's clearly trusts. She's endorsing catnips and carrots. A hundred percent. So they also, the one of the most remarkable things about this vet is if you've ever walked into a vet, it smells. Mm-hmm. It just like smells. Yeah. This vet does not smell because wow. I think it's, I think it's the dogs that stink. Oh, for sure. That I think sense. it's a hundred percent the dogs. Yeah. And I've learned that it's not the cats and the rabbits. <laughs> Your rabbit um, doesn't smell. Your house smells great. Thank you. Um, Ash had to go to the vet last week or two weeks ago. She was like, her eyes were drippy and like mm-hmm. crusty. And we wanted to see what was up. Um, and um, my favorite thing that happened, they were basically like, oh, here's how like you groom, can mm-hmm. like help her groom and like whatever. They sell at the vet mm-hmm. elf brow. Like ELF. ELF yeah. brow brushes and brow combs. You all are familiar with Elf. They sell it at Twain Reed and 100%. Walgreens. And, and yeah. a catnip and carrots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so you're supposed to, with this little yeah. like brow comb, like comb the fur around her eyes. Because it's, she fucking loves it. Really? Like every morning you like comb the fur and she's like <laughs> sitting there like waiting for her eye drops and her fur comb. She's super into Does it. Does it want to make you experiment with other beauty products and tools? A little. I like think would she, she like an eyelash curler? I think she'd like like a makeup brush because it's like mm-hmm. another furry mm-hmm. thing petting her, yes. which I think is an appealing concept yeah. as a rabbit. Yeah. God, also that makes me think about like, you know, what we were talking about earlier, which is Cam grabbing her hair. Like is he so – is is he so weak that there was something actually just sort of nice and tactile a, 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 about it? Yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. The only thing I don't like about catnip and carrots. Um, and besides it being off the Jericho Turnpike. Besides it being an hour <laughs> away. They, on her carrier, they put a tag that, to like label her carrier. And it says, Ash in quotes. It says like Ash Hauner. As though wow. Ash is not her name. Okay, so the really interesting thing is… <laughs> or it's like an off-white move where yeah. they're just like, that's their style. <laughs> They've heavily influenced by Virgil Abloh at Catnip well, and Carrots. Exactly. Well, they also… So I ha- was having a conversation. I did not even bring this up. My friend who has a rabbit was complaining that her vet uh-huh. puts Roger in quotes. Wow. And I was like, wait, this is… 
I can't believe we're bonding over that. I have the feeling offended because like they take these rabbits so yeah. seriously and like feel so much feeling for them, but we aren't trusting that those are their names. Is that like an alias? She doesn't just go by that. Right. I wonder, I assume maybe that we have a vet in, or two in our audience and maybe they could call in 833-OF-A-KIND and let us know what the deal is. Is this, is there like something in vet school, vet paperwork that would require you to put it in quotes for some reason. Or if Virgil Abloh wants to call and give his <laughs> thoughts, that's welcome That's fine too. too. I guess my question is, were they being presumptuous about Ash's last name in assuming that it was Hauner or is, yeah. did, is that a decision that you and Thomas came to? Did you No. So what happened? I think that her name being Ash Hauner is like weirdly funny and I, don't, <laughs> I couldn't tell you why. Like okay. I just think it like sounds like a girl you went to high school with. Like, <laughs> okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't sound like a rabbit to me at all. Okay. And I, not that I think Ash Cerullo does at all, but I, her name is Ash Wednesday Adams. Like, yeah. she doesn't have, like, my last name or Thomas's last name. Well, her last name is Adams. Yeah. It, it's Ash yeah. Adams. Yeah. Like, it's obvious. <laughs> okay. Um, But Thomas had called the vet the first time. Mm, so he's, okay. like, on the file. So Got she's it. Ash Hauner. Cameron's last name is Roan Mazer. Yeah which is, you know, a hyphenated yeah. version of my and my husband's last names. And um, the reason it's Roan Mazer and not Mazer Roan is because I thought Mazer Roan sounded like an Italian dish. Like, like maybe like a bit like something that Olive, Olive Garden would yeah. run a special on. Like, yeah. yeah. By Unlimited Mazer That's right. <laughs> and like some people pronounce it Mazer and you're so annoyed by them. <laughs> and so we went with Roan Mazer. It just felt easy. And I wasn't really aware that there was a convention. But um, our pediatrician calls like refers to Chris as Mr. Mazer and me as Mrs. Rome because apparently <laughs> most people yeah use the dad's the dad's last name second so that that I, I guess so that it becomes like the, the permanent last, last name. exactly yeah, right because this is like thing. such a gendered convention yep um and so yeah because I, even in hyphenating names we're like it's right, super gendered that's what's so yeah. crazy about it to me yeah. I'm like this is this was this is everyone's attempt to like apply some level of equality to the naming convention, and yet there's still this hundred percent. Um, and that I suppose we will just live with that forever now. When Thomas and I travel, I always make the hotel reservations. Mm-hmm. Same, um, and so it's always under my name. Yep. and so often, especially in Europe. Um, I feel like there's a lot of like, "Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Cerullo." Always, constantly, always. Um, I notice that too. Always. Yeah. yeah. Even, and, and in the United States, it's always yeah. Mr. Mazer. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I mean, Chris is fine with it. But it is also it is also funny because to your point, like, I don't think we're unique in that we're the ones, the ones making yeah, the yeah, reservations. Yeah. Well, I think we're yeah. just unique in the fact that we don't have the same last name. That's actually, yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, do you do you want to use this as a segue to discuss how you met your husband? Yes. That was a question that we got. Yeah. Um, how did we meet our husbands? I met Thomas in... 2004. Mm-hmm. And you met him at the same time. Yep. Same day. Same day. He it was, was um, Ida Noyes. At Ida Noyes uh, Which is the name hall. of a, a building on the University of Chicago campus. Um, Claire and I were on this uh, major activities board in college together that brought concerts to campus. And Thomas was interviewing for a role on the major activities board. We did group interviews. You would have to That's come right. and interview in front of the entire board. Yeah. The, like anybody who was like staying on the board from the previous year would do the interviews. Mm-hmm. It was like, like, or was it even the people who were graduating? No. Yeah. Probably like, even people who yeah, were graduating. Like the outgoing board. We didn't apply like la- logic or rationality to this. So it was in like a room with like a huge board, t- like, a, like a boardroom table. And Erica was the board chair. Yeah. 
probably like the youngest board chair <laughs> in the history of MAB. I feel like it, I, were you I from was a like, board chair for two years. For two years, yeah. yeah. She was, it was like seniors got passed over for this job in favor <laughs> of Erica becoming the board chair. Um, and so Thomas was had to come in and sit at the head of the table and like present to <laughs> And it was a long, I would like University of Chicago's buildings are all very gothic and Harry Potter like. And it so it was long this long table. Room. Yeah. And like the table must have like weighed hundreds of pounds. <laughs> like I it definitely would have yeah. to, I don't even know how you would move it. Um, and that was the first time mm-hmm. that I met Thomas. Thomas was brought onto the board that year as a marketing person. Mm. Um, he later became a talent buyer, but not <laughs> in that first year. <laughs> what was I was the volunteer coordinator. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so then, okay, so Thomas was on this board and then at a certain point, um, he, he liked me. I don't like, anyway, he liked me and I got really, um, he came to a party at my house Yes, and he tried to kiss me mm-hmm. at this party at my house and I turned a cheek. Was this, okay. Well, I, I remember that happening. I know it was definitely a themed costume party. Do you remember which one? Cowboys so and Dixie many. Chicks. Okay. All right. Remember, we have pictures from there. Yeah, Cowboys um, and Dixie Chicks. We have a really good picture of the two of us from that party. I, we do have a really good yeah. picture of us. So what I'm – am I conflating – was this the same instance that he gave you the New York Times uh, front cover with the flamingos on it? I don't remember that at all. I've never heard that in my life. Really? Okay. No. So Erica had her, like, mascot in high school. Not actual mascot, yeah. but your personal friend group yeah. mascot was the Flamingos. Yeah. And you have a tattoo of a flamingo. Yeah. And at some point on the cover of the New York Times, there was this iconic image of a bunch of flamingos, I think in Florida or something. And he saved it for you. It was the front page. I don't and remember this he gave it to all. you. And I remember it happening in your bedroom. And I also remember that this like dodged kiss happened in your bedroom. So I couldn't remember if it was the same That thing. could be the same. The first like move he ever made, um, was maybe a couple months or like a month before this party. It was New Year's Eve and he called me like out of the clear blue sky on New Year's Eve. He was in a band in high school and college and he called me from the Hard Rock Cafe Minneapolis, which oh, Minneapolis, here we go. Um, just to like say happy new year. Oh my God. This um, was before he attempted to kiss you? Yeah. I never knew that. Really? Wow. I yeah. mean, you might have told me. Yeah, I mean, I, but, I, I mean, I don't remember this flamingo thing, so who knows? I'm sure Thomas remembers the flamingo thing. But yeah, I'll have to ask him about that. So then I turned a cheek because not because I didn't like him, but <laughs> this because, is my favorite part. But because it, I didn't want the conflict of interest of like being the board chair and then you know, and then having, you don't want to cause a scandal. Uh, having this, this like this way predated the Me Too movement. Way, by I, the way, way predated. you were a pioneer. I guess <laughs> I pioneer. Um. And so then had to have like a whole, I remember my two roommates and I got manicures or pedicures or something the next, next day and had to have a whole conversation around like whether it was appropriate. And they were both definitely like, okay. Um, so two things I want to say about this. Yeah. One, the other, when I picture this scene, it's very easy to picture because your room was painted the most stunning shade of, was it like a Tiffany or more of a lime green? Uh, mint, I would say. Mint. Yeah. So it was like a Tiffany mint. Tiffany yeah. Blue, yeah, yeah, blue. Yeah. 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 Um, it was a very memorable room. And then the rest of the house was painted like hot pink because it was called the living room house. was fuchsia. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember the first time that I heard about this, you called or I don't, I don't know if we were texting back then, but you were like, are you around? Will you meet me in the second floor coffee shop? The official name of which was Hallowed Grounds, I believe. Because grounds. Remember that. Yeah. No, did okay. I just make that up? Co- Cobb Coffee Shop? 
No. Um, Reynolds Club. Oh, maybe that was second floor where they had the really good vegan chocolate yeah. chip co- chocolate cookie. Uh, yeah, I know which one. Yeah. I don't know what it I was think called. it was called Hallowed that, That's Grounds. possible. Yeah. And um, it, it was a coffee shop where they had like a foosball table and a pool yeah, yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you were up there and you were like, will you come meet me? And you told me this whole story of <laughs> dodging the kiss. And you told it to me really slowly and like giving me this expectant look to like see how I was reacting. Oh, and the reason you were doing it that way was because you wanted to like do this thing of being like, I just want to let people know in an appropriate way. Like yeah, totally. I want to like be sort of really, carry out a formal get ahead process. Of yeah. Which <laughs> did not, it was like way over my head. <laughs> I was just like, cool. So do you like him? <laughs> and fully thought that part of the reason you were telling me this in this sort of reserved, like keeping it close to the chest way was because you didn't like him and you were like, can you believe this happened? Because you weren't like telling it in this like, oh my God, here's what happened. You were telling me very slowly and methodically. And I thought you were being like, can you believe he tried this? Of course, like, you know, this is not happening. But, and then, so I remember being like, well, do you like him? And you were like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, oh, okay. That's not where I expected that this was going at all. And then eventually, like you said, you were like, I don't know, is it weird because of MAB? And I was like, oh, that's where this is going. Because by the way, I had no sense of propriety as an undergraduate (laughs) in college. And the idea that there would be like some sort of, that this would be crossing the lines. Like, no, you talked about your UTIs during these board meetings. Oh my God. I was was just, that was not, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I had no sense of like what, what was well, right I think or the other thing, Thomas was also two years younger. That which was why in, I thought you were, I thought you Which were, in college felt like a very young. Totally. And that for me was why I was like, oh, she's like not even considering this. It felt very young up until Thomas turned 21, which was many it years It felt later. very young up until Thomas turned like 25. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like we dated, so then we, we dated basically from like January till the end of my senior year. Mm -hmm. And then we dated long distance for two years before he moved to New York. Which also felt like 10 years And he's young for his age and didn't like, didn't have an ID for a really long time. And that was a whole thing. And I was really embarrassed about it. Or just like, and a lot of like, like I'm an adult. I live in New York. I have a job. And I have this boyfriend who like can't even like go out to a bar. God, I mean, if that's not a story for recent college graduates, I don't know what is because I remember feeling the same way and being like, I know this is so hard and like we're so old now. And it's like, like he's please like- to all of the 23-year-olds <laughs> out there, like you're not. <laughs> it's Fine. wait for your boyfriend to grow up or to get older. Um, the other scandal that I remember emerging is mm-hmm. that I can't – do you remember what time of year it was when, when, he fir- when you first started this? It was like fall, winter. Winter, okay. winter yeah. Valentine's Day came around shortly thereafter and he wrote you a Valentine's Day card that implied that this would like extend for some time and you were about to graduate and you were like, I feel like I need to get ahead of this. Yeah. I I was like, this isn't happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Which is so funny because yeah, that was February. You were graduating several months later and now like a million years later, you're still together. Well, I, one of the really distinct things that I remember, so he was studying abroad in Rome the next fall um, and he wanted to book his tickets to Rome through New York on both ends, which meant him flying through New York in like August or September and then on the return in December. And I was like, there is zero percent chance we're going to be like dating yeah. like in December and like 50 percent chance we're going to be dating <laughs> yeah. in September. Yeah. Um, and my friend Juliet, who is just God love her. <laughs> this was like such good advice. She was like, 
I mean, he's going to be the one who has to find the couch to sleep on. So, yep. like, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's great advice. It was great advice. Yeah. Didn't need to take it. You no. Know, or didn't need to, like, yeah. Worked out after yeah. all. He's still sleeping on your couch. Um, <laughs> you know. How did you and Chris meet? Um, Chris and I met at a wedding. Yes. Um, so I was there. You were there. I was there. We were both there for meeting each other's spouses. Um, so I – it was May of 2011. So for context, we started – we launched of a kind November 2010. So it was very shortly after launching the business. Although at that point it felt like that's, it had been happening forever. Um, and he sat, he was seated at the same table that I was The singles at. table. The singles table. Yeah. There were four of in, us. In as much as there were like, that's was right. like a singles table. And I think he actually knew everybody else at the singles table and I didn't know anybody. And you were in the wedding. So you were on like a separate floor. It, the wedding was at the Foundry, which is a sort of like notorious uh, venue at in Long Island City. And it's like in lots of movies and TV shows. And it was in Girls at yes. some point. And so you can like look down onto the first floor and there's a big table and that's where you were seated. And he asked me what I did and I explained what of a kind was. And he said, do you sell men's things? And I said, yes, because we just had this dop kit that was designed by Matt Singer and it had a little um, illustrated book of um, of barber shops that Jason Poland wrote and, and it was very cute. And so I pulled it up on my cell phone and I showed it to him and my cell phone was like a sidekick at that time. It wasn't actually a sidekick, but it had the same functionality where you had to slide <laughs> it to get the keyboard out. And he looked at it and he was like, cool, I'll buy that. And I was like, great, buy that. And he was like, takes out his cell phone. He's like, no, I'll buy it on your phone. And like our, our website still kind of sucks on mobile. It really sucked on mobile then on my sidekick. And, um, he, and I was so shocked that he meant he was actually going to buy it right then. And he fully like sat there and went through the arduous process of buying the stop kit on his cell phone. And I was so freaking proud of myself. I was furiously texting you to be like, I just sold a dop kit to this sucker sitting next to me at this wedding and oh my God. And then I was like, would text you and then like look down on you at, cause you know, to, I could see my Atrium to like see, and I'd be like pointing at him being like this, this one right here. One. Um, and thought he was really charming and cute, but was also heavily in single mode and was yeah. like, not, did not think anything was going to happen from it. He and I like danced I remember we danced to Paul Simon that night and there was this, there was this DJ that I really loved. God knows what he's doing now. He had a Tumblr called Pitchfork Reviews Reviews where he would review Pitchfork Reviews and he was also a really good DJ. And, and he DJed this wedding. He DJed this yeah. wedding and it was great music. And like Chris most of the parties we went to that year. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then Chris after the wedding was going to a big Frida concert and he was like, do you want to come? And I had friends from out of town and I was – going out to meet them afterwards. And I was also like, no, I'm not going to this like weird concert. I'd never heard of Big yeah. Great at the time. And I, you know, I was like, no. And so I like ran off and he remembers that like, he really felt like he'd clinched it. Cause when I said bye, I did a little, um, like hand thing where you sort of like touch oh, yeah. each other's hand for a second. Yeah, yeah. Like a little thing. And he, a hand he, flick. Yeah, yeah. He was like, okay, this is, this is on. Also, um, at that point, Claire, anybody who was going to spend $68 on of a kind, you were going to go on a date with. Which is what you told me. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Oh, the other important point, which I recently shared on Instagram, is we discussed Eric Bana at length um, during this wedding. Because you've just seen Hannah? I just seen Hannah, yeah. yeah. And as we also discussed, 
discussed on an earlier episode, I was seeing no movies at that it's point It's the only in my life. movie you saw during a three-year period, and you were like, let me talk to you about this movie. I saw one. That's exactly right. And in fact, I'd seen the movie on a date with somebody that Chris knew. So I had been like telling him like, basically that I was dating this guy who was like a former coworker of his. Yeah. And we just, and I loved Hannah. I was obsessed with the Bajas she wore in it. Um, and <laughs> Chris was like, Chris was obsessed with Eric Bana and felt like he was totally underrated and not in enough movies. So that was like the thing that we mostly talked about that evening. So we left, we went our separate ways. And then sure enough, he like emails and of course, Eric Bana's in the subject line and he sort of suggests we go out. And I was like, oh, like I, you know, I, does he think it's something more? And you were like, you definitely have to go out with him. Like he bought the dob kit and like, you've got to go do this. And our first date, um, okay, I'm going to tell the story of our first date and then I'm going to end it there because we're totally out of time. But um, it was eventful in that. It was a great first date story. It we So it was an epistrophe, which is a sort of mediocre mainstay of Soho dining. It's not Nolita. even technically Soho. Yeah, yeah. it's Nolita. Um, and it's there's a lot of sidewalk tables and they're all smushed really closely together. We had come from something, you and I. Yes, you and I had just come from a drinks meeting at that place on Mulberry. It might even just be called Mulberry. Oh. That makes you pick the fruit and the liquor that you want. Yeah. And they like have fresh fruit. Yeah, I don't know if it's still even there anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I, at that point, was I was in such a tense, anxious mood because we had just applied to this accelerator program called Techstars and we had gotten to the final round and we felt like this was the big ticket to us getting of a kind to the next phase. Silver bullet breakthrough, all of it. And, you know, we were struggling for funding. It came with money. It came with office space mentorship. And we thought we were going to hear about it that night. Yes, because we'd been supposed to have been hearing about it for like days, weeks before. And all of these people have been telling us, like, I think you've got it. I sent in a recommendation for you. Spoiler, we didn't get it. But (laughs) right. So I am so hyper anxious about finding out that I'm like, I don't want to go on this date. Like, I don't want to do this. I can't. I'm going to cancel. I'm going to cancel. I'm going to cancel. And we were standing like on the same block as the restaurant. And you were like, you have to go. It's like way too late to cancel at this point. It felt like um, being outside of preschool and your parents being like, I'm sorry, but you like have to go. I have to like, go to work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, and so I go on the date and one of the first things that happens is we're sitting at the table and Chris starts gesturing so wildly that he knocks over all of the glasses on the table next to us. And it's like <laughs> just a totally embarrassing first date scene because now like we've ruined this people's dinner, you know, it's like spilled on their plates and everything. And because he is who he is, he handled it incredibly well. And I was just, meanwhile, just kind of like, oh my God. Get me out of here. And then at some point, so then we, at some point during dinner, we were talking about coconut water. Coconut water was sort of new to the scene at that point, And I was super into it. And we got into a long discussion of coconut water. And <laughs> eventually the dinner winds down and we've both forgotten that epistrophe is cash only. So he leaves to go to the bodega on the corner to get um, cash. And while he's at the bodega, I check my phone and we get the email that we did not, we, we did not get accepted to this accelerator program. And so by the time he comes back to the table, I'm in tears and he's like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) I just left for five minutes. And not only does he come back to that scene, but he comes back holding two bottles of coconut water. To do a tasting. Because he wants to do a tasting because I had told him that I really felt like, and I, at the time I look back, I'm like, God, what was I thinking? But I had given him this long thing about how Vita Coco was the superior coconut water. To Zeke, to Zeke, Zico, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so he's I mean, like, I guess given those yeah. two <laughs> options. <laughs> right. Exactly. Again, it's 2011. There wasn't a lot of coconut no, there water wasn't. on the market yet. And he 
was like, we're going to do a blind taste test. Like, we got to do this. So meanwhile, I'm like crying, but we've sort of like got to go on with the yeah. thing because he did this cute thing. So we do the blind taste test. I like get it right because yeah, it like, t- it's it tastes so different. much different. And so we like get it right. And I'm just like, okay, bye. bye. And like basically run away, like run out of the date and into the cab and called you immediately because I knew we were both going to be devastated. <laughs> and somehow we got past that. He kept really plugging along. Yeah. He took a picture of himself in Paris with that job kit on his head, like <laughs> Napoleon style. Yeah. Like there was a lot of work that went he, into it. He yeah. messengered coconut water to my apartment. Yeah. Um, and left. I had a doorman. I was in a doorman building at that point and left it with the doorman. Yeah. No, there was he a lot He sent us of, an edible arrangement on yeah, the first day there of was our some chip, sample sale. There was like a chip Chip club. of the month club. Yeah. He did a yeah. lot of he, like and a lot of stunts, I guess, <laughs> ultimately. That's exactly right. He did a lot of stunts. The thing, the thing, the reason he got to a second date was because we talked about so much stuff on that first date, but the thing that really captured my attention was that he told me that he had started taking boxing lessons with one of his best mm. friends and that the guy who they'd ended up with as their boxing instructor was such a character and he was incredibly verbally abusive. And he was this guy who worked in this Wall Street gym who had had a really promising boxing career until he'd had a really bad injury. And basically, like, one of his eyes got really fucked up mm. and was non-functional. And so now he had this career as a boxing coach who was notoriously verbally abusive. But these Wall Street guys kind of liked it, which yeah. is, like, Because no nobody, like, yeah, 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 shat on them in the way right. that this exactly. man shat on them. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And, yep, this is, like, a booming dominatrix industry, basically. <laughs> And so Chris and his friend had decided to make a short documentary about this boxing coach. And um, I was like, that's really charming and interesting. And yeah. I, I, that was what hooked me. Six months later, this thing had gone totally viral and was like a whole different story. So the coach's name is Eric Kelly. And if you we'll look link it up, to it. Yeah, yeah, we'll link to it. Up. But it, it's – it, it went very viral in its moment. And there are pictures of Chris looking like a total dork getting just torn apart by yeah. this boxing coach. And and it ended up being the storyline that like continued to keep me interested because I was like, he's embarrassing you so much, but you find it so funny and like can see the humor and everything. And I was very charmed by that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love revisiting Me that. too. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Leave us reviews. We love them. Follow us at Of A Kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on our podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints. <laughs>